misinformation and disinformation is carrying people to believe things that are untrue. Gotta give us what we want. Uh. Gotta give us what we need. Hey. <laughs> Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We got to fight the powers that be. Fight the power. In yesterday's episode of BCP Unfiltered, number 322, I titled the uh, the episode, Breaking News Further Exposes Fake President Joe Biden Administration is Being Run by Soros, Obama, CIA. And one of the things I gave you as evidence or proof of that was Susan Rice being a domestic, uh, work, doing domestic policy for Biden when she were, was before this with Obama an international specialist, someone have, uh, working with the Obama administration when it came to foreign policy. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Ooh, we're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. Twenty-one plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Ten dollars first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com/sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. And then her departure, her announced departure next month, which I found to be very interesting. But just pointing out that she was really the guy, a person, uh, the guy, the person behind the show. We've got some news this morning from the White House. Susan Rice, President Biden's domestic policy advisor, is stepping down from her post next month. During her more than two years in that role, Rice oversaw the president's domestic agenda. In a statement this morning, President Biden also thanked Rice for her contributions to U.S. foreign policy, noting her time as national security advisor and U.N. ambassador. Rice's last day in the White House will be May 26th, according to a senior administration official. Now, late last night, I'm talking like 10, 11 at night, I was going through and looking for information on a totally different subject. And I came across uh, Kim Gafoyle's interview she had last night on her Rumble show with Devin Nunes. Let me play for you what Devin Nunes said after my show had been up for several hours. And coming from Devin Nunes, who is now the CEO of Truth Social, very close to President Trump, was the person with Cash Patel who pretty much found out the whole Russian collusion uh, nonsense and the government weaponization against Trump. It is, look, folks, as a human, it's nice to be validated, but it's awesome when someone like Devin Nunes absolutely echoes my analysis that I gave you yesterday. Here you go. And look, today was like the the day of uh, long knives, right? We saw the the, the Tucker Carlson big news, Don Lamone also big news, but (laughs) earlier this morning, Susan Rice. Oh, right, yeah. Susan Rice 
who has been running this White House, is announced quietly this morning that she's going to leave. Devin Nunes confirming what I and all of us know, all of us know, all of us know this, right? That Susan Rice was running the White House. Well, I'm just going to say that Susan Rice is effectively running this White House. She is, she's Obama's top person. She's been running this White House. I think it's a strange move at this time to see her walk out the door. What does it mean to you, though? Because everyone knows she's been basically running like psyops in there. And it's, you know, it's just like a puppet government for Obama. But what do you think is going on? But what is Susan Rice? She is an Obama person. What is Obama? A globalist Soros person. What do they all have in common? They have the CIA as their enforcement arm their assassins, etc. We'll be getting into that uh, here in just a moment. I, I don't know, but I think it needs, I think, the, I, I think the answer is that there's more that we need to know, but it's a serious move. It's a serious mm. move of the chess pieces when the, the top person in the White House, I mean, there's no argument with that amongst people in the know, that she's the top person. He's going to announce tomorrow and then she's going to leave in a month. Now, Look, maybe it's totally normal. She's going to go work on the campaign. I doubt it. Um, I think probably what they're trying to figure out is, you know, who the hell are they going to get to run if Biden can't make it the distance? I am surprised that Biden, the fake president, made it this long. I really am wrong. I thought back in 2021, they'll keep Biden for a year, maybe two. Now we're over two years and they still haven't gotten rid of him. But his numbers are in the tank I think it would be unwise for the deep state to even try to steal the election again in favor of Biden. Susan Rice and the Obama team are moving on to their next person to pump up over the next year. And, of course, uh, hopefully someone very popular that they think can at least look good and be a little bit uh, more palatable for their attempt to steal the election on behalf of that person. Let me play you one last clip on the thoughts of Devin Nunes. Um, but yeah, I think we really need to keep an eye on exactly where Susan Rice lands, because that's, that's right. gonna tell us a lot about what they intend. Because it's still very much the Obama's running things, let's be honest. That, that's exactly right, and we probably won't know because it'll be a lot of dark money shifting around but 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 they'll Follow the they'll, money. they'll they'll show themselves at some point you will know who kind of the obama team is coalescing around and what are the, they clearly are working on some type of game plan for the fact that that as i believe i just think it's going to be tough for biden to make it all right let's move away from us presidents fake us presidents and possible future fake us presidents or attempts to put in a fake president over the real winner of 2024, which will be Donald Trump. Let's look north. Let's talk about the crazy revisionist history going on before our eyes. Okay, the tyrant to the north, Justin Trudeau, sat down with German President Frank Walter Steinmeier earlier uh, yesterday at the University of Ottawa. They had a, had a conversation on democracy, followed by a Q&A. During the public discussion, Trudeau made the most ridiculous 
statement of the many ridiculous statements that he's made. And this is not the most ridiculous statement. This is one of them. Okay, let me play this for you. Misinformation and disinformation is carrying people to believe things that are untrue. And vaccinations is a perfect example of it. Like any modern bit of medical advancements, there are potential side effects in vaccinations. And there you know, are people who've probably gotten very sick from vaccinations. Yeah, there are, there are probably some people that got very sick from vaccinations. Probably. You know, there probably are. Oh my gosh, you globalist, murderous bastard. It's more than people just getting sick. Many people have died because of this experimental bioweapon masquerading as a COVID-19 vaccine. But that's okay because Trudeau wants to talk about misinformation and disinformation. It was relatively safe on the billions of people who've been vaccinated against COVID over the past few years. But there are far more people who obviously have died due to COVID, died from not getting vaccinated. And the idea that people can fly in the face of science, well, individuals are allowed to make their own choices. There may be all sorts of different reasons why someone is hesitant to get vaccinated. But I make a distinction, and I have always have, between someone choosing for personal reasons to choose not to get vaccinated and someone deliberately using misinformation to mislead and scare other people with so-called facts that aren't facts at all that lead them to make a choice that endangers their lives and the lives of other citizens. Bear with me, folks. I haven't gotten to the most ridiculous statement that he said. That comes at the end of this clip. But let's stop here for a moment. Trudeau is saying it's okay for you not to want to take the vaccine for personal reasons, but essentially you're not allowed to share those reasons with other people to sway them not to take it. Now, I know this is in Canada and they don't have the same free speech ideals that we have here south of them as we have it as our First Amendment in the first 10 amendments to the Constitution known as the Bill of Rights. But still, you, you got to think, hmm, you can believe what you believe and supposedly exercise that belief, but you can't share that belief with other people. Isn't that an interesting, just philosophically, isn't that just an interesting and a very strange position to take? So as prime minister, through the greatest public health crisis that we've faced in a hundred years in this country, since the Spanish flu, my responsibility was to keep as many Canadians alive as possible. And all of the scientists and the medical experts and the researchers, not just in Canada, but around the world, understood that vaccination was going to be the way through this. Much to the joy, amazement, bottom line, and profit of Big Pharma. 
also, this was a boon to those that want to thin the herd and poison the humanity with mass poisoning. Did you hear anything about natural immunity? No, it was about getting a jab even if you'd had it. And even if you got it, after you got the jab, they still want you to take boosters. What about the science that we take vaccines to introduce into our body a dead, essentially, a non-active version of X disease, ailment, sickness, germ, virus, so that our body builds up antibodies against that? What about the science that always taught us, hey, if we already had it, you don't need the vaccine because the vaccine was doing would would do what you would your body would create if you have already had the sickness. So much for the science. Then he says this doozy. This is this is a statement that was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, I chose to make sure that all the incentives and all the protections were there to encourage Canadians to get vaccinated. That's right. He said, I didn't force Canadians to get the vaccine. We just gave them incentives, you know, to take it. Like, I don't know, we'd throw you in jail, close down churches. Uh, you couldn't eat, you couldn't go out, you couldn't live your life. You know, pretty much we put you in prison or made your life a living prison hell if you didn't do it. Wow. I mean, I, I've been saying the word wow a lot on both of my shows because sometimes I, I'm just, I'm still, after doing this now for seven years, I am flabbergasted by the the, the way, the facility, the ease and the comfort with which these children of Satan are able to lie with their forked tongues. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, and that's exactly what they did. We got vaccinated to a higher level than just about any other of our peer countries. And that's why we had a less deadly pandemic than most other countries. What hogwash. Yeah, I was cool if people didn't want to get a vaccine, but those who did were great. Everything was honky-dory. I totally respected people who didn't get the vaccine. I just gave people incentive to get it. Even people within his own government say that was hogwash. He used that as an issue to divide. He used it as a wedge issue. Former Liberal Cabinet Minister Bill Morneau has a new book out about when he was in the federal government. The ex-finance minister is at times highly critical of his old boss, Justin Trudeau. He spoke earlier today on CBC Radio's The Current. Morneau said Trudeau's style of governing relies too heavily on polarizing short-term strategies. A really good example would be the decision in the last election campaign to, to use the, the vaccine mandate as a wedge issue. Now, a wedge issue is one thing. Use it to polarize and to attack and to divide people. Something Trudeau did. Not really respectful of people who decided not to get it. But also, it could be highly dangerous to your health and to your life to be outspoken about the vaccine and Big Pharma. In a very weird and cringy interview that took place over the weekend, Neil Cavuto 
asked Robert Kennedy Jr., who's running for president, uh, opposing Biden on the Democrat ticket for the Democrat uh, Party primary. He's obviously been a very outspoken person against Big Pharma, the vaccine, all the COVID stuff. Has written a book about it, what have you. And then Neil Cavuto asked him this very interesting and cringy question. And I'm not supporting Robert uh, Kennedy, but his his answer is absolutely perfect. Physical risk, as, as your father and, and your uncle knew. Um, I don't like to be morbid about these things, so I apologize in advance for even asking this. Do you think of that? I don't really. I mean, I mean I'm clearly aware of that risk, but there's things... Uh, that I'm much more frightened of than, you know, uh, than death, for example. Um, I'm much more frightened of losing my constitutional rights and of America losing its democracy. Neil Cavuto asks a man who is running for president if he's worried about getting assassinated, getting killed and dying. Why would he ask Robert Kennedy Jr. that? Is it because or just because? His father was gunned down after winning the California and what was it, the uh, South Carolina primaries? Was it because his uncle JFK was assassinated? Could be. But he seemed really insistent on asking this question. I think it's more of an issue of he is going up against the deep state candidate, the puppet of the Soros CCP, Obama treasonous traitors, rat bastards running the government, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., the fake president who stole the election of 2020. And he's been an outspoken critic of Big Pharma, something that even President Trump, when he was president, alluded to were very dangerous characters, people we don't know their names, but are very powerful. And of course, once again, this is not, look, I give credit where credit is due. I'm not going to run for uh, uh, for Kennedy. I I love Steve Bannon, but I disagree with him. What what he said today that if Carrie Lake isn't able to be VP, that perhaps he should consider Kennedy. But I did love his answer. That is not about death. It's about the death of our constitutional rights and our democracy, or of course our republic our constitutional republic representative form of democracy. Something that lots of people prior to Kennedy and any of us here have given their lives for and spilt their precious blood to obtain and then to protect and maintain. And there was a whole generation of Americans in 1776 who put their lives on the line to give us this Constitution, who put their property on the line, and we're watching the Constitution being taken away from us, and uh, we have to be willing to take risks. Amen, Brother Kennedy. Uh, Amen. All right. Let me tell you. Actually, let me just go ahead and play that clip for you since I alluded to it, and I, I don't want to assume that everyone knew about this or saw it. So let me just show you. This is Steve Bannon talking about possible VP picks for President Trump, uh, both of which uh, I don't agree with. And I've stated why I love Carrie Lake, but she hasn't proven any leadership 
She needs to fight and stay and, and fight the, the the stolen election of Arizona. And if she, if she loses that, then she needs to fight to become the senator of Arizona. I don't think she's ready to be vice president. And I sure as hell don't want a, a Democrat as good as they are as President Trump's running mate. Because if something happens to President Trump, we're going to have a Democrat as president. I want someone who's MAGA, not just a very good and fair Democrat. Anyway, here's Steve Bannon. When I did Q&A, and I did about an hour of Q&A, they had a little technical problem, but I did Q&A, which I think people were here. I want to make sure people understand this. They asked, somebody asked about Robert F. Kennedy and, you know, the great speech at Hillsdown, his opening speech, and uh, what did I think about his prospects? And I said, look, I'm a Kerry Lake person, but if Kerry Lake is, you know, becomes governor as she should, if this court case or if not, she runs for the Senate, if she's not available to be Trump's VP, that Bobby Kennedy would be, I think, be an excellent choice for President Trump to consider. Now, if you haven't heard this next part, before you hear the next part, I want you to decide if you need to pause to think about it. I mean, for me, it's it's pretty straightforward. But if you need a moment to think about it, do you think that we MAGA folk should consider Bobby Kennedy as a running mate for President Trump? It would be historic. Um, you know, I'm sure it could have some advantages in some ways. I'm not an expert when it comes to campaign strategy that maybe perhaps it would get some Democrats. I think President Trump has attracted quite a few Trumpocrats already over the last six, seven years. But what do you think? Do you think this is wise? Do you think that Bobby Kennedy will resonate with the MAGA crowd? I'm curious your thoughts down below. Now let me play this last part of Steve Bannon where he says that his crowd of people, his MAGA people, this is how they received that idea when Steve Bannon presented it to them. It was a standing ovation. <laughs> I think that, that I think people and this was a hardcore. This was a very hardcore MAGA uh, war room posse crowd. I think that that is a signal to the political elites in this country <laughs> that something very different is going on. And uh, that was quite extraordinary. Something extraordinary is going on. We had a non-politician, a famous businessman, a man who likes gaudy gold things a total baller who's had multiple wives who doesn't fit the mold of a Republican but who loved America came in we took a chance on him because he said things that he was going to do and then he actually did them we want more of that we want more of make America great again again we want more of America first we want more fiscal responsibility. Now, President Trump, yes, you know, it's politics. He had to give give and take to get some stuff done. Yes, he had to, you know, let them continue with this deficit spending and all kinds of other things. He couldn't win every single one, but where he could, lower taxes, lower regulations, did all these things he said he would do, even though he was opposed by his own party on top of the other party and all of their minions and soldiers within the FBI, the CIA, the IRS. And then now we're seeing DAs and attorneys general going after him. We want more of that. Now, this is going to sound horrific and terrible, but this is the BCP Unfiltered Show. This is the real me as well. Let me be honest with you. I don't really know the reason for uh, Kennedy's voice. I could not handle listening to Ken that voice of Kennedy for long stretches of time. 
I really can't. That was a terrible, terrible impersonation. Could be a great guy. He's not MAGA. He's right, obviously, on what he's saying about the bioweapon and what have you. Now, interestingly enough, a Kennedy that could have been president is, of course, uh, Jr. And this is something that Trump expressed to Mark Levin in his interview with him. Now, I know there's some Q folks, Q fans out there who are going to love this. I am not of the opinion that JFK Jr. is out in the crowd, that he's faked his death this whole time. I'm of the opinion that Hillary Clinton had him killed so that she could become senator and pave her way for her eventual ascendancy to the presidency. I don't believe JFK Jr. is out there alive. I know some of you do, respectfully. I don't believe that at all. But if you do like that whole Trump-JFK Jr. dynamic, then I'm sure you enjoyed this clip if you've seen it. If you haven't, here you go. So I, I had a very good relationship with him for some reason. I mean, we were different in terms of philosophy. But at that time, it didn't matter that much. I was a real estate developer primarily. And uh, I did him a favor. It wasn't such a big thing, but to him it was a big thing. I was able to help him on something. And for some reason he really liked it. It was quite important to him. To somebody else I'd say maybe it wasn't that important, but it had to do with his family and I helped him. And he was very loyal in that sense. And I got along with him very, very well. Um, and, you know, he, had, he went on to have a lot of problems. I would have said he would have been president someday, but the Chappaquiddick was terrible and, you know, went through a lot. But I got to know him primarily because of Palm Beach and, and a little bit Washington, although I wasn't a Washington person. Uh, I got to know John Kennedy very well. John John, uh, fantastic. I think he would have been president. I think he was, you know, he was selling. He had a magazine named George, and he was going to be selling that. He wanted to get out. His mother wanted him to go into politics. I remember reading a few issues of George. Don't really remember much about it. Maybe it had a GQ Esquire, uh, New Yorker type of vibe to it. I, I don't remember, but that's what my memory is bringing back to me. But I do love the uh, the theory that the magazine was called George. You know, after George Bush, one of the people responsible for the murder of his father. He was a handsome guy, very handsome guy, and I think he probably would have been good at whatever he wanted to do. And then they got onto that plane, and it was just a disaster. But he would have, uh, he was getting ready to, I think he would have run for the Senate from New York, or someplace, but probably New York. He wanted to do it, and he was, he was all set for that. And his mother really wanted him to do that. And, you know, had a great look, handsome, very handsome, very handsome guy, at the top of the, top of the line, really. And... I think he probably would have done well and he would have gone on. He probably would have been president. I think he would have been president. He might have been senator. He might have been president. But he got on that plane and the rest is history. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of the conspiracy theory. But wow, we do know that there's a lot of fortuitous deaths that are fortuitous for the Clintons. And that's one of them. It's a lot easier to kill someone before they become president than once they are. And I'm sure Donald Trump, the greatest president of my lifetime, bar none, can attest to that. Now, if they can't kill you, what do they do? 
they steal the election from you. Do we or can we have any confidence that the election won't be stolen in 2024? I want to end this episode with some words or some ideas or some theories or some thoughts on the subject by Devin Nunes. Are you concerned that something like this could happen in the 2024 election? It's what I get asked every day. I would like you to answer it. Yeah, um, so do I uh, when I'm out there, too, is, you know, people are asking, well, what are we going to do about how are we going to stop them from cheating in 2024? And I think no matter, you know, you need to get to a point that no matter, you know, the level of cheating that we're going to be prepared for it. And I think the biggest danger that we have, it really only comes down to a few states. Let's just face it. Right. But. You know, President Trump, in order to win, he's going to have to do what he did in 2016. And he did what no other president has done in modern history. I think you have to go back to Ronald Reagan. And that is you have to win one of the three. And those three are Wisconsin, Michigan or Pennsylvania. You know, and you still have to win Georgia. You still have to win Arizona. But you got to pick up one of those one of those three in order to win. Now, in 16, he ran the table on all of those. Right. He won Mm -hmm. Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania. So that's going to be the key. And I think that's why I think a lot of folks that have watched politics for a long time think that Donald Trump really is the only one that has proven that he can go out and turn out the votes. Now, the question is, all of the legal efforts have to be put into those big cities within those within those states to watch out for the cheating. Unfortunately, that's easier said than done because we have Fulton County and Georgia still corrupt. As a matter of fact, they're probably going to indict President Trump in the summer, they said, over fake RICO charges going into uh, a year before we have the elections next year, get them mired in there. And we know that Wisconsin isn't getting fixed, even though we saw all the rigging there. So, though I believe in the strategy of Devin Nunes the law hasn't been on our side in those states. Now, I know some folks don't like me to be, you know, a negative uh, Nancy, but I'm a realist, folks. We know where the problems are. We know how they stole the election, where they stole it, how they did it, who they used, yet no one has been punished. As a matter of fact, if we look at the what happened in Atlanta, in Georgia, Biden even rubbed our faces in it giving Ms. Freeman and her daughter a an award of some sort of recognition, public recognition, under the guise of something else, but it was pretty much a, a pat on the back and a slap in the face to all of us going, look, these people helped us cheat in Georgia. Not only did they get away with it, we rewarded them publicly for their efforts. I believe that, uh, yes, we must stop the steal in these places and must be vigilant. But if the machine keeps going... And there's nothing to stop it. What stops them from doing it again in 2024? I don't want to be a negative Nancy. I want to be optimistic. But I got to put it out there. In an honest way, because the only way I know to be, that I just don't see anything right now that gives me full confidence that, yes, President Trump will win, but that they won't rig and steal it again in 2024. Will you please, BCP family, help my disbelief and tell me why 
I should be more optimistic. Please put it down below. Until our next episode, ciao, goodbye, God bless. Y'all give us what we want. Uh, y'all give us what we need.